Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Stay standing on your feet for a second. Um, I'm going to share something with you that you need to know. There are two types of people in the building. There are watchers and there are worshipers. And we are in a wave of building things to grab our attention. We are, and I love it. I love all this. I've been doing it before it was popular to do it. But sometimes we can, like, I don't know about you, but like, I found myself on the front row at times listening to Stanley. I mean, not from a standpoint of he's worshiping for me, just a standpoint of men. He can sing, you know. Oh, I wish I could sing like that. You know, I'd need a, a helium balloon to hit the notes he's hitting. But sometimes people so gifted can mesmerize us to listen and watch rather than worship. And it, wouldn't it be a shame if we came to church and we watched everything and we never worshiped at all? Amen? And, and I love all the instruments and the talent and the ability. But he's seeking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's not these singers' responsibility to worship for you. It's their responsibility to lead you. Hallelujah. Sometimes all God needs to hear is that you really just love Him enough to worship Him. Can you just lift both your hands? Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're... Yeah. No, it's all right, singers. I want them to worship. Lovely. You can sing right there.
yeah, 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 yeah. Don't let a microphone take your place. Lord, we give you all the glory, yeah, we do. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Come on, y'all, this is Memorial Weekend. Just think about where he brought you from. Think about what he brought you from. Just remember what he did for you. Everybody. The greatest, the greatest thief of worship and anointed worship is talent and troubles. When I'm dealing with so much trouble, it'll rob me of my worship. And when I'm available to so much talent, it'll rob me of my worship. But you know what I found out, Minister Greg, you know what I found out? There are two things in life, one's called worse. And after worse is worst. When, you know, have you ever heard about anybody go, well, I don't know if anything could get any worse than this. Oh yeah, after worse is worst. But I challenge you today to go find a Webster's Dictionary because between worse and worst, there's a word called worship. And listen to me, Jesus went and sat on a well with a woman in Samaria and she had been to a few places and had a few experiences. Y'all know what I'm saying? She had several stamps on her passport, if you know what I'm talking about. She's sitting there, five men she's been with, the sixth one she's shacked up with, she ain't even married to him. She's a Samaritan, he's a Jew. She says, I don't even know why you're talking to me. She's, watch this, she's racially messed up. She goes, I'm a Samaritan, you a Jew. So she got racial issues. She had five ex-husbands and the sixth one, she was with her husband, so she's relationally messed up. Then she, Jesus says something about worship, and she says, oh yeah, my fathers, they worship in the mountains. So she's religiously messed up. But you know what's unbelievable? Go look at the Bible in John chapter 4 where that story is. When she starts talking about worship, Jesus never goes back to her past. Watch this. 
Because when she started talking about worship, it just, it just paralyzed Jesus. You know why? She goes, you ain't got no bucket. He said, that's because I came here because you my bucket. You're the bucket. That's going to draw from the well that will never run dry. And you're going to run back to the city and you're going to say, I met a man. I came in contact with a man. I've been in contact with Jesus. I don't know if you like going to church, but you need to know the Christ of the church. And if you came here and you ain't got no worship on you, you're going to leave with the same worry that you came in here with. But if you know how to worship, I said if you know how to worship, I feel a turnaround spirit in here. Lift up your hands. Just begin to worship. Just begin to, yeah. Thank you, singers. Amen. I didn't tell y'all to sit down. You got to grab somebody close enough to you and say, if you're going to sit on this road, you ain't got a right to remain silent. Come on, tell your neighbor, if you're going to sit on this road, you don't have a right to remain silent. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. Hallelujah. Your pastor, your pastor called me late Friday night 
said, man, I, 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 I need you, man. I need you, man. He said, I, I got to have somebody fill in for me because I'm be with my family and fill in for me Sunday. And he said, I, the only two people I thought of was John Gray and Clint Brown. And he said, I called John Gray. I'm like, sucker what? Yeah, I called John Gray, man. I called John Gray, man. You know how your pastor talks, you know. Y'all too young to remember Wolfman Jack. He got a little bit of Wolfman Jack. I called John Gray, and he was like, whoop-de-loop-de-loo, I can't do it. Call me second. Wait a minute. I personally think it's a little racist. And I said, well, I think that's a little racist. He said, no, no, man, for real, y'all the only two black people I could think of. So I guess I'm black today. Aren't you glad to have a black preacher to step in for a black preacher and preach for you? You can be seated in the presence of the Lord as you give your pastor a big God bless you wherever he is. First Lady, amen. Thank you, musicians. I, uh, I, man, I've been around their, your, your, your pastor and their family a while now for two or three years, and uh, I'm going to send my kids here to learn how to be preacher's kids. <laughs> I'm going to go home and kill my kids. His kids are all involved and you know, running things and involved in things. My kids just show up every Monday like this. But it's good to see a family together in ministry. Amen. Do you have your Bibles? Give honor to Pastor Greg, who's been a great host today uh, of, of me, and I appreciate it. Now, I, I, uh, I left several thousand people in Orlando, I had a guest speaker speaking for me today, and I left several thousand, and my church in Orlando ain't nobody quiet. So I did this favor for your pastor, but next time if it's just an invitation and y'all sit on me, I'm going to tell him, no, I ain't going to no dead, dry church in the desert. Because I got several thousand people in Orlando, and I really don't have to go anywhere. So come on, somebody. If y'all want to help me out, we'll have a little church here in the next 25 minutes. And I'll tell the devil to get the hell out of your finances and your mind and your family. Hello, somebody. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I'm not no long-winded preacher. I preached in the first service to the Catholic crowd. That's eight to nine. They know. You know what I mean? Like, you be preaching, and they're like, I said, man, I got to hurry. Take your time. Because they know they got to get out at nine. That's the hour crowd. You the church crowd. The 9.30, that's folk that... Y'all, if they shut this down, y'all go to church somewhere else next week at 9.30. Y'all the church crowd. Then the next crowd, that's a club crowd. They were out real late last night. 
And they coming in like, yeah, man, I got to get some stuff straight in my life, man. <laughs> but I like preaching to the church crowd because somewhere in the church crowd there's always 10 or 15 Kojic people. You know, I'm talking about to grab the back of your head kind of people like, oh, Jesus. And so we're going to preach you happy in 20 minutes. Is that all right? Look at Joshua chapter 4 for this unique day of Memorial Day. It came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan. The Lord spoke to Joshua saying, hold up, take 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe. Command them saying, take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, 12 stones, and ye shall carry them over with the, uh, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called in 12 men whom he had prepared for the children of Israel out of every tribe. Joshua said unto them, when you pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst, everybody say the midst of the Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what is these stones all about? You will answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and when it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial. I want to speak to you this morning briefly on this subject. I got it in the middle. Just look at somebody. Help me preach, Arizona. Say, I got it in the middle. Look at somebody on the other side of you that really acts like they care. Say, I don't know about you, but I got it in the middle. The scripture tells us not me, the Bible, that God is drawn or inhabits the praises of his people. Now, it's one thing to have a child and that child live in your house because you have to. It's another thing when you're picking a roommate. When you're picking a roommate, you get more pickier and you have more borders and boundaries because you don't want to be living with somebody that's like always depressed or always got an attitude or, or, or you know what I'm saying? And so when it says he inhabits, the word inhabit is from the word habitation. The word habitation means house. The word house means residence. Residence means that's where you live. So God, when he decides what type of roommate he is going to live with, he picks praisers. Wait, I'm going to preach to this section because y'all did. I said he picks praisers. That's why Saul got the boot and David, come on somebody, got the kingdom. He picks praisers. In fact, the Spirit of the Lord is hovering over this audience. And today, if anybody's going to get promoted, it's going to be a praiser. Now you can sit there all quiet and cute if you want to, but God only promotes praisers. 
Isn't it ironic that on the Sunday that we call Memorial Day, that a study done by Ministry Today's magazine says this is the largest non-attended Sunday in America. Memorial Day weekend. More people miss church on Memorial Day weekend. And the number one thing they said was barbecue. They barbecue. Are you with me? And I'm thinking to myself, if there's ever a Sunday, memorial, memory, thanksgiving, appreciation. God, I just want to thank you that you paid the price so I could be free. If there's ever a Sunday to give God praise, it's today. Be seated, be seated. I want to see my all unsaved people in the back that ain't saying nothing. Watch this. Okay, watch this. So, so he's, if he's attracted to praise, he's unattracted to pessimism. Amen? I had a lady come up to me. I preached a sermon on praise that you ought to be thankful for all things, in all things, give thanks. And she grabbed me after church. She's one of our greeters. I had to reassess the greeter ministry after I met her. She was one of the greeters, and I was going back to the back. She goes, Pastor, she goes, you know, I, I don't need you to pray for me. She said, I, I, you know, I, she goes, you talked about praise, praise God for everything, praise God for everything, praise God for everything. She goes, my husband left me seven months ago. She goes, I got all the bills. She said, all the creditors are calling me every day. She said, I, I don't even want to answer the phone anymore. All the creditors are calling me every day that I owe. She said, I pick up the phone, I owe this one, I owe that one, I owe this one, I owe that one. She said, I just got to be honest with you, I don't even see anything I got to praise God for. She said, can you give me anything to praise God for? I said, yeah, praise him that you're not one of your creditors. Are you here? Hello, somebody. When I started pastoring my church, I started as a young man pastoring the church. I mean, I just thought everybody was just, you know, I had to minister to everybody, you know. And, 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 and there was this one lady in my church, and I'm telling you, man, I, I would come in, and she would be sitting there, and she'd just be like, <laughs> Pastor, can you pray for me? I just got pain all in my body. And, you know, when I, when I first went to Orlando, you know, Pastor Benny Hinn, he was the king of Orlando. And so I went there, and, you know, and I thought, well, you know, I'm a new pastor. I don't really know what to do. So I'm a new pastor. So I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, I would pray for, you know, Father, we just thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the next Sunday I'd come to church, she would be like, Pastor, I I got pain all over my body, and I didn't, you know, I didn't need prayer. I said, well, okay, that, that Benny Hinn thing didn't work, so. So, you know, I'll do, I'll do my background. I'm Pentecostal. You know, I come from a white Pentecostal background, you know. Heavenly Father, we know that you have all power in your hands. 
the glory and the honor and all sickness and disease have to bow to your name, the name that is above every name, the powerful name of Jesus. The next Sunday I came to church, she's standing there again. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to have to pray for her like, you know, I used to go to sneak out to a church of God in Christ when I was 15 when I learned praise and worship. I said, okay, I'm going to do the church of God in Christ prayer. The church of God in Christ prayer, first of all, black pastors, they start out by laughing at the devil when they pray. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Like I laid hands on it. They do like this. They go. <laughs> devil. <laughs> Woo. And then. Kojic moves from church to chiropractic because Kojic would be like this. I say it. <laughs> and then Kojic moved from chiropractic to stuttering, you know, because they say, I say, get out. Nothing happened. Came back the next Sunday, there she is. <laughs> Finally, it hit me. This woman, she don't want no deliverance. She wants attention. She don't want freedom. She wants my focus. Are you with me? She's pessimistic. She sees the glass half empty. So I walked in that fifth or sixth Sunday, and I had done grown up as a pastor in five or six weeks. I walked there, she was like, <laughs> I said, all right, Amy, let me pray for you. God, healer or killer right now. And boy, she jumped up. You with me? Can I tell you something? You cannot be depressed and give God praise at the same time. Look at somebody and say, you got to make a choice. You either can stay depressed or you can start saying, he will make a way where there is no way. Y'all sit down. I like y'all. Y'all the church crowd, but y'all still know I got to let you go at 11 o'clock. After this service, we're going to get up in the club after this service. And you know in the club, they got to turn all the white lights on to get you out. Watch this. Watch this. I got to hurry. God in Joshua chapter 4 is fed up with complainers. He sent Moses into Egypt, and the scripture records they murmured and complained. One man shows up, and he stuttered. That's what the scripture said. He stuttered. One man shows up, they go like, what's one dude going to do? We got four million of us in slavery, and you're going to send one brother up in here to help us out. Hello? They murmured and complained. God sent plagues, got them out. Moses leads them to the Red Sea. You know what the Bible says? They murmured and complained. God gets them across the Red Sea. 
You know what the next chapter says? It ain't a trick question, I promise you. The next chapter says, and they murmured and complained. You know what they said? They said, well, how are we going to know where we going? Moses don't know where we going. So God said, I'm going to give you a pillar of cloud by day, and I'm going to give you a pillar of fire by night. But see, the powerful thing in that is, it's not just I can see a cloud in the day leading me, or I can see fire leading me at night. It's the fact that in the deserts of the Middle East, in the day it gets 137 degrees. So you know there ain't nothing cooler when you're in the sun than when a big big cloud flies right in front of that hot light and starts shading you in the middle of the day. And then at night it gets down to almost 30 degrees in the desert. And so uh, they got a personal fireplace in the middle of a desert that's warming the whole camp of Israel. But the Bible says the next chapter, instead of giving God the praise, he's already brought them out of Egypt. He's already brought them across the Red Sea. He's already got them on the other side. He gives them a cloud and a fire and and the Bible says, and they murmured and complained. And they said, well, what are we going to drink? And so he told Moses, go over there and strike a rock. He hits a rock and a water fountain comes out that provides water for four million people. We serve a bad God, y'all. After he gets the water, you know, what the, you know what the next chapter says? And the people, okay, I got 18 of y'all. They murmured and complained. They said, well, what are we going to eat? He said, well, I'll tell you what. Put some buckets outside your tents. And he said, every morning when you wake up, he goes, you're going to have manna in there. And it would rot if they kept it overnight because he didn't want them getting satisfied with where they were at that moment. So after they got the manna, the next chapter says, and they murmured and complained. And they said, how in the world are we going to keep our shoes on in this hot sun in the desert through these rocky areas and all this stuff? And God said, Moses, tell them that their shoes will never wear out. I got 32 people happy about it. I didn't expect any ladies to clap. Because y'all ain't going to go 40 years without buying a pair of shoes. I don't care about that. But what I'm saying is, is, do you notice the trend? God has to do a miracle. But the minute the miracle is over, the praise stops. Are you with me? So watch this. So they get to the, the Jordan River, which is the last place that they're going to have to cross to go into the promised land that God has promised them. And as they're walking across, well, here we go to the land of milk and honey. God takes Joshua and says, hold it. I've had enough of this murmuring and complaining. I had enough of it. So Joshua, I ain't going to let you get to the other side. I want my praise when you get in the middle. Wait a minute, I'm going to preach to this section over here. God said, I'm tired of getting the after praise. I'm tired of getting when it's over praise. 
if I could see somebody in the middle of a mess give me the praise, I'll do something that'll change their life forever. Push five people and say, I got it in the middle. I'm almost through. Pick up 12 stones. Stack them on top of each other. Why, Lord? Because you're going to walk on from this situation. And the next time you come up against an obstacle, the minute you think about murmuring and complaining, I want you to look back. And when you see the memorial, I want you to remind your children if it had not been I feel like preaching up in this church if it had not been for the Lord oh push five people and say God did it how many of you right now you're in the middle of a mess right now you're in the middle of a situation well this is the best time to praise him if you're in the middle Shout, I got it in the middle. Be seated, be seated. I'm white. Watch this. So God told me, he said, I'm only going to need this praise 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 times, Clint. 12 times. Yeah, 12 stones. I only need you to have this kind of grit 12 times. I'm like, well, man, I'm encouraged. Because if all I got to do is 12 times understand this principle, I'm all right. And I said, okay, Lord, I promise you the next 12 situations. He said, nope, you missed it. I said, what? He goes, uh-uh. I didn't say 12 more trials. I said 12 times. I said, well, Lord, what you talking about? He said, you going to need this kind of praise January, February. I, I can't get no help on the left side. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. And just when you get through... Genuine, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. You gotta learn how to praise him. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, 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 Minister Stanley, stand by that blue light. There's a blue light on this side, too. I want you to come on quickly. You skinny, you can move a little. Yeah, thank you. All right, okay. Uh, I told you to go to that blue light. Stop. Go back, go back, go back. Uh, come on, come on, come all the way. Uh, wait, wait, stop. Watch this, watch this, Stanley, watch this. See, the enemy always tries to hit you right here. Watch this, Stanley, you ready for this? You know 
when you know how, how valuable you are, you want me to tell you the way to know how valuable you are? It's when your past wants you back. I ain't got no real people in here. You, you ever heard somebody say, leave if you want to. And in two or three days, I can't believe you really left. See, you really know how valuable you are when your past keeps trying to pull you back. So watch this, watch this, Minister Stanley. So the devil's desire is to try to convince you to turn around and go back. You with me? But watch this, Stanley. Can I call you Stanley? No disrespect. You can call me CB or God or whatever you want to call me. Lord. Watch this, Stanley. You know what the truth is? It's going to take as much effort to get back there as it's going to take to get over there. Same amount of steps. Same amount of energy. You may as well go ahead and finish even though you're going through hell in the middle. Push five people and tell them, say, I got it in the middle. Uh, I, I, I'm almost through. I'm almost through. We, we got to hurry. The club folk are coming in. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, they come out of the Jordan and they got their memorial in the middle. Are you with me? When they come out of the Jordan, study it. I ain't lying to you. It's in verse 19. They may even have it on the screen. They come to a place called Gildow. They coming out with their praise and they stepping into a place called Gilgal. In the Hebrew, I mean, yeah, in the Hebrew, Gilgal, if any of y'all have a Hebrew on your smartphone or whatever, go ahead and check it out. Gilgal means wheel. Wheels turn. So God said while you were getting your praise in the middle of the impossibility. I was leading your steps and the whole time I was turning your situation completely around. I wish I could get some help up in here. I came to tell somebody if you'll praise him in the middle by the time you get out in fact if you believe it just give God a turn praise. If you on your feet just turn one time. Say devil God's about to be seated I'm done watch this watch this uh, I was preaching the other day at Bishop Noel Jones Church in Los Angeles and they put me up in a nice Ritz Carlton in Marina Del Rey and I went in my room and I turned on the TV and it wouldn't go anywhere it stayed on the same channel and I'm pushing the remote and it ain't changing channels. And you know, I'm slapping the remote, trying to turn the batteries, all that stuff, it ain't changing nothing. And so, I, I, it's stuck on the price is right. And I'm watching the price is right and I'm like, this is weird. 
But what I was watching was in Los Angeles, there's two channels for like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. There's live TV where you don't see no commercials. Then there's the TV where it's like what's going across America. I'm watching a live taping of Price is Right. They haven't edited it yet. It's going to be in the future. But it's live and you can watch it live. And old Drew's up there and he says, you know, Don, tell us the next contestant on the Price is Right. Well, they already know who they're going to pick. So the camera's ISO'd on that person. And I knew the minute it came out of his mouth that this woman was of the African-American persuasion. Because the announcer said, uh, Drew, the next contestant on The Price is Right is Shaquita. I'm watching it. Jackson. And they got the camera on her, and she's sitting in the audience like this. And I mean, you can hear a name in there. You know, the white music. And Shaquita's sitting there like this. Look, she's going, mm. And the camera's zooming in, and she's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. She ain't going nowhere. She just, uh, mm. Finally, two or three of her friends, like, it's, you know, it's time to go. So she gets up, like any good, you know, Kojic woman will do, and she don't step in the aisle and take off. She reaches over and grabs her chair. You all ever did a hold on praise? You know? Thank you. Thank you. Two or three ladies putting a triangle around her. You know, she bouncing back and forth. And Drew, you know, he's up there. <laughs> yes, Miss Jackson, come on down, Miss Jackson. And she just, you know, it's like, it's like they're going to have to edit all this out because it's like taking 15 minutes for her. She coming down the aisle like this. Thank you. Thank you. And you just watch. I'm dying laughing, you know, because I got like, 300 Shaquitas in my church. They do that. You know the ones you got you to gotta touch for a while while three other people are doing like this. And she comes all the way to that podium. You know the podium where they do the bidding. And she gets to the podium and Drew says, well, Shaquita, where are you from? She said, first Drew giving glory to God. She said, giving glory to my bishop and my first lady in the back. And all the ladies that, all the ladies that came with me from the fellowship prayer group of Jesus Christ High Church up on Mount Zion Hill, Church of God in Christ Deliverance Center. I made that part up. She said, she said, I want to give God all the praise and all the glory, Drew. I just want to, oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa, I just got to say thank you. And I'm sitting there watching this, and the Lord speaks to me and says, that's the kind of praise I want out of you. And I promise you, I'm sitting in the rich Carlton, 
And I'm looking at the TV saying, Lord, I don't understand what you're talking about. He said, what she's doing, that's what I want out of you. I said, what do you mean? I do that. He said, no, no, no. He said, what has she won yet? He said, she's not where she was. She's not where she wants to be. But she's praising me in the middle. And if you want God to do what God promised you, you can't wait till the battle is over. You got to shout. I don't know how you can sit there and look at me without jumping up on your feet. Open up your mouth and praise him now. Start pushing everybody. Say, I got it in the middle. I got it in the middle. I didn't wait till it was over. I got it in the middle. I got my deliverance. I got my freedom. I got my promotion. In fact, for 30 seconds, the praise that you were going to give God when you got what God said he was going to do, praise him like you already got it right now. Hallelujah. Have five your neighbor say, neighbor, praise him in the middle. I don't know if you realize it, but in about 40 hours, it's going to be June the 1st. June is the sixth month of the year. Six is the middle of 12. So I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but in the next 30 days, something's about to turn in your life. Every day in the month of June, when your feet hit the floor, declare, this is the day. No, y'all didn't hear me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will, I will rejoice. almost out of time. Listen to me. Listen to me. Everybody say eight. Eight is the number of new beginnings. And I'm here to tell you something. When they came up out of that Jordan, they began to sacrifice unto God from their turnaround. I want every person in this building, listen to me. I didn't say God told me. I'm saying I want every person in this building that is ready to make an act of faith through sacrifice, get a $44 seed in your hand. Right now, every person, get a $44 seed in your hand. All over the building. All over the building. Get a $44 seed in your hand. Get it, get it, get it, get it quickly. Quickly. Now listen to me. Three weeks ago, I was at my own church. 
And God spoke to me to do a jubilee offering that God was going to bring deliverance to some people's lives financially. I said, if you've got the ability to do it, do it. Some of you don't, don't, but if you have the ability to do it. I watched a woman sitting in my church. She's a leader. She was sitting off to the right, and she didn't do nothing. As I was leaving the church, she came by where my car was, and I had just turned in my old car and got my, a new car. I just released another car. And she looked at me, and she said, oh, my God, Pastor, I love your car. It's beautiful. I said, really? She said, yeah. I said, I'll sell it to you for $50. She said, what? I said, would you give me 50 for it? She said, yes. I said, if you got $50 right now, get it. Man, she reached in her purse and pulled out a lot of money. Had a $50 bill. I said, now let me tell you something. God says to tell you as your shepherd, you'll never walk in this level of blessing until you're obedient at the level you're already at. Because, everybody look up here. I'm at a different level. You hear me? I've been a giver all my life. This is the level I'm at. I didn't give myself to a level where I don't even pay my own car note. Y'all don't have to get so excited about my blessing, but because I've given 11 cars away. Are you here? A lady stopped me one day and she said, I just don't think it's right for you to have a Rolex watch. I said, you need to talk to God about it. I said, you need to tell him to shut it down. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, I've given 32 away. And my Bible says, whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. So I said, if you want me to stop getting Rolex watches, you need to tell God to stop that plan. Because as long as I get them, when God tells me to give them, I'm going to give them. Now you listen here to me. There are people in this building, you're walking by sight instead of faith. Get a $44 seed in your hand. I'm telling you, a new beginning, eight is the new beginning. I didn't say 80, I said $44 seed. Get it in your hand. And when God speaks to you, start coming and put it on this altar right now. Start putting it on this altar right now. And I want you to understand, you're putting it between where you are and where you're going. It's in the midst. Move, move, move all over the building. If you have $44 and you're holding on to it, this is not for me. Pastor didn't tell me to pick up my offering. This is a seed of faith for this house, for your house. And whatever you make happen for this house, you listen to me watching by streaming. Whatever you make happen for God's house, he'll make happen for you. Move, move, move by faith. Don't shout when I'm preaching and get stingy whenever God is asking. Move, 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 move. You say, Pastor, I, I promise you, I don't have $44. Get a 20 and get down here, get down here, get down here, get down here. Get a 10, get down here, get down here. Don't leave with a full spirit.